Hello, what is up guys? Eman from Peso Smart PH here. Welcome sa panbagong episode. Shout out to all the podcast listeners as well. I appreciate you all. Today, we're gonna discuss quantitative easing and quantitative tightening. So, itong dalawang topic na to is quite new for me as well. So, let's refer to the to two articles na nakapost dito sa Investopedia. I'm gonna link these sa comment section, well, sa ni sa comment section ang sinasabi ko sa description na itong video na to and if like podcast listener ka punta ka lang sa YouTube channel ko you can also find the link there so yan ano nga ba yung quantitative easing so yung quantitative quantitative easing is a form of unconventional monetary policy in which a central bank purchases longer term securities from the open market in order to increase the money supply and encourage lending and investment Buying these securities adds new money to the economy. So basically, nag-print sila ng panibagong pera. And also serves to lower interest rates by bidding up fixed income securities. It also expands the central bank's balance sheet. So lumalaki yung balance sheet ng federal or ng central bank. Kasi, bumibili nga sila ng mga longer, longer term na assets. Then when shorter term interest rates are either at or approaching zero, the normal open market operations of a central bank which target interest rates are no longer effective. Instead, a central bank can target specified amounts of assets to purchase. Quantitative easing increases the money supply. Again, nagpiprint sila ng pera. By purchasing assets with newly created bank reserves in order to provide banks with more liquidity. So ito yung mga key takeaways. Quantitative easing is a form of monetary policy used by central banks as a method of quickly increasing the domestic money supply and spurring economic activity. So, ang good example nga nito is nung nag-start yung COVID-19 pandemic noong 2020. So, print lang sila ng, print ng pera para ma-stimulate yung economy. Quantitative easing usually involves a country central bank purchasing longer-term government bonds as well as other types of assets such as mortgage-backed securities. And ito nga, in response to the economic shutdown caused by the COVID-19 pandemic, on March 15, 2020, the U.S. Federal Reserve announced a quantitative easing plan of over 700 billion U.S. dollars. So that is a lot of money na na-inject sa economy. Then on June 10, 2020, after a brief tapering or tap, well, tapering effort, the Fed extended its program committing to buy at least $80 billion a month in treasuries. $80 billion a month. <laughs> That is a lot of money again. And $40 billion in mortgage-backed securities until further notice. And ngayon nga lang babaguhin ulit to. So dyan tayo papatak sa quantitative tightening. That is why hawkish nga yung yung Fed and that is why risk off na ulit yung market kasi mag-unload ng assets itong uh, Fed kapag ka nag-start na yung quantitative tightening and I believe that will start on June 1st. Alright. So ano pa bang mga pwede nating matutunan dito? So ito. Special considerations. If central banks increase the money supply, it can create inflation which is what is happening right now. Diba nung March, 8.5% yung inflation na binigay or yun yung data na nirelease ng Fed. And then for April naman, 8.3%. So, sobrang konti lang nung nabawas. 
the worst possible scenario for a central bank is that its quantitative easing strategy may cause inflation without the intended economic growth. So, hindi nakakasabay no, yung pag-grow ng economy dun sa inflation. An economic situation where there is inflation but no economic growth is called stagflation. I think nasa borderline stagflation na tayo currently. Kasi, well, may mga, may mga nagsistrive na like industries, right? Kasi, yun nga, nasimulate yung economy because there are a lot of money being injected sa economy. But there are also like businesses dying because of the COVID pandemic. But yeah. Um, ito pa. Another potential negative consequence of quantitative easing is that it can devalue the domestic currency. While a devalued currency can help domestic manufacturers because exported goods are cheaper in the global market and this may help stimulate growth, a falling currency value makes imports more expensive. This can increase the cost of production and consumer price levels. But in the case naman ng USD, it's not dropping in value. Actually, it's like on an all-time high right now. Commercial tayo ng konti, ito yung DXY, US Dollar Currency Index. So, nasa 104.465 na siya. So, sa weekly tayo. So, nataasan na niya yung highs nung like 16 and 2016 and 2017. Yeah. So, borderline na. No? Kasi ito yung, ito yung, ito yung, what you call this? Nung late 90s and early 2000, dito na pop yung, what you call this, yung dot-com bubble. And nag-hover na tayo din sa levels na yun. And yun nga, kapag kasi umaakyat itong value na to ng US dollar, usually yung markets, like for example, crypto market, stock market, hindi siya nagpa-perform ng gano'ng kaganda. Kapag ka medyo na-reverse yan, that is the time na medyo gumaganda yung run ng mga ng mga asset classes na yun. Alright? Pero hindi naman siya palaging ganun yung nangyari. Like, sabihin natin, kailan ba? November, diba? Ayan, umakit pa rin yung US dollar, but diba dito, nag-set tayo ng new all-time highs din. Eto, eto. Diba? Bumababa siya ng konti. Then, nag-set ng new all-time highs yung Bitcoin. Hindi siya palaging like super 100% accurate na mangyayari. But, we can we can like expect, no? Na kapag kaantaas ng US dollar. Like, the markets is not really doing that well. And currently nga, diba? Nasa bear market na tayo sa cryptoverse. So, isang indication yun. Kapag ka ito medyo na-reverse na, that is the time na siguro magkakaroon ng magandang run. Konting run siguro sa crypto. But that's still not guaranteed. And I think the worst is yet to come sa, sa cryptocurrency market. Kasi nga, ayun, uh, didiscuss natin yung quantitative tightening in a bit. So ito, is quantitative easing printing money? Critics have argued that quantitative easing is effectively a form of printing money. Which is kind of true. These critics often point to examples in history where money printing has led to hyperinflation, such as in the case of Zimbabwe in the early 2000s or Germany in the 1920s. However, proponents of quantitative easing will point out that because it uses banks as intermediaries, 
rather than placing cash directly in the hands of individuals and businesses quantitative easing carries less risk of producing runaway inflation right thus quantitative easing causes inflation there is a disagreement about whether quantitative easing causes inflation and to what extent it might do so for example the boj has repeatedly engaged in quantitative easing as a way of deliberately increasing inflation within their economy however these attempts have so far failed with inflation remaining at extremely low levels since the late 1990s. And similarly, many critics warned that the United States' use of quantitative easing in the years following the 2008 financial crisis would risk unleashing dangerous inflation, which is what we are experiencing right now. But so far, this rise in inflation has yet to materialize. But this article was actually posted no October 15, 2021. Pa. So, yeah. We are now experiencing yung mataas na inflation right now. So, dito na tayo sa quantitative tightening. So, Fed is poised to begin reducing its record $9 trillion balance sheet. At the Federal Reserve's two-day policy meeting today and tomorrow, so that was like two weeks ago, the central bank is widely expected to hike the target range of the federal funds rate by half a percentage point. But central bankers will also release more plans about rolling off the Fed's 9 trillion balance sheet, known as quantitative tightening. For two years after the onset of the COVID-19 pandemic, the Fed bought over $4 trillion in assets. <laughs> mostly U.S. treasuries and mortgage-backed securities to help stimulate the economy. The Fed finally stopped purchasing bonds in March as the central bank began to pivot towards slowing inflation. And then uh, the Fed officials have generally agreed to selling $60 billion U.S. dollars in treasury securities and $35 billion of mortgage-backed securities each month. So per month, yan, according to recent Fed policy meeting minutes. That would be a much faster pace than the Fed's last efforts at quantitative tightening in 2017 to 2019 when the Fed wound down $30 billion for treasuries and $20 billion for mortgage bonds. In early April, Fed Vice Chair Lyle Brainard said the Fed will begin winding down that large portfolio possibly as soon as May. But yeah, hindi start ng May, it start ng June 1st. Since pointing to the balance unwinding, the yield on the 10-year treasury has slugged its biggest monthly increase in more than a decade. In April, the yield is now over 3% for the first time since 2018. Right, so what does this all mean? Sa, sa stock market, sa crypto market, sa, sa US stock market, sa local stock market natin dito sa Philippines. Well, Para sa akin, it's, it's okay, well, it's good to be informed about these policies. Kasi, nakaka-apekto talaga to sa, sa mga prices, no? Sa market. And activity sa market, interest sa market. Especially kapag ganito kataas yung inflation, and then tinataasan nga ng Fed yung interest rates, di ba? So, ibig sabihin, naging risk off yung market. Ang ibig sabihin lang nun is mas... Yung mga players sa market, like for example, institutions, they prefer to have like cash on hand instead of like um, holding assets. Kasi, 
hindi nila kayang bayaran, di ba? For example, they, they loan or nangheram sila ng pera. Hindi nila kayang bayaran yun kapag ka, hindi na outperform ng asset yung interest rate na kailangan nilang bigyan. Siyempre, hindi naman, hindi naman pwede na nangutang ka na laging break-even lang, di ba? Dapat, you have to also... Kailangan mong mag-take ng profit, di ba? For example, yung yung interest rate na kailangan mong bayaran is 2.5% and then yung kinikita mo yung yield mo sa isang taon is 2.5% lang. That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> Para ka nang naglolo nun, di ba? And ito, uh, perspective lang. Kasi nakita natin na medyo bearish talaga yung sentiment. And yung movement then mainly ng, ng markets today. Currently. So, let's check yung S&P 500. So, from the top, sabi natin ito na yung top, no? To right now, down na siya ng 16.61%. And, kung titignan natin, ito special case lang naman to, nung 2020. Nag-top siya, nung Feb, and then, sharp drop, nung March. Well, nung May. Doon siya nag-bottom. So, nag-bottom siya, 34.57%. So, halos kalahati pa lang yung nangyayari ngayon. And then, if we take a look at, nung top ng 2018 nagbottom siya around 19%. So almost ganito na yung nangyari, no. Kasi if we if we factor in yung talagang pinaka bottom dito. Say week lang naman 'yun. Yan, nasa 19ish percent din. Yeah, this is probably this can probably or potentially be the bottom for for this bearish market but we still don't know kasi nga risk off pa rin yung environment dito sa sa open markets unless magbago yung policy ng Fed and syempre kailangan makontrol kasi yung inflation and again the in my opinion the worst is yet to come kasi yun nga mag-unload ng assets yung Fed and that will cause a roller coaster ride na naman para sa atin no? sa mga invested sa market But if you have money, for example, sa S&P 500 or sabi natin kahit sa PSE or sa sa crypto, as long as you have or you own fundamentally sound assets, then time in the market is much better than timing the market. Kasi di ba naitan natin to mga drops sa to, but eventually ito trend din naman tayo pataas. Like sabi natin. Kasi why would you sell kapag ka bumagsak? It doesn't make any sense. You have to reverse that mentality. So, sabihin natin, no, nandito ka. Di ba? Kung nag-hold ka lang, hindi ka nagbenta dito, di ba? Gusto mo malugi ng 19%. Kung nag-hold ka lang, sabihin natin, nung hanggang March 2020, up ka ng 16%. And then, sa top, di ba? Up ka ng 63%. Then, sa current market price, up ka ng 37%. Okay? Kahit dito ka man nag-invest. And sabihin natin, dito ako nag-invest. Kasi hindi mo, hindi mo naman nakalain na mag-start yung pandemic. Ayan. You're still up around 19%. In just around 2 years. Yeah, hindi siya crazy gains, no? But you're, you still have your capital. You invested in the market. And the stock market trends up in time. Proven na yan. <laughs> okay. Kahit na nagkakaroon ng ganitong mga crash, di ba? As long as you don't sell. Ewa. Hindi ka, hindi ka malulugi. For example, dito ka. 2007. Diba? 
right now you're up 158%. <laughs> that is a lot, no? Kasi iba parang minamalit na yun, 158% isang araw lang sa crypto. But you can also lose that much in just one day sa crypto. Then same thing sa sabi natin, no? sa crypto, total market cap na lang. Nagkaroon ng mga sharp drops dito. So, bottom, 87%. Then, nung 2020, ito naman di ganun kalaki. Baya, 64%. Then, nung nag-high ng May, then nag-bottom around here, 55%. Then, dito, ganun ba tayo kalayo? Around 59%. <coughs> diba? Ito mga to, 87, kita nyo nga dito, 87%. Lahat nagsasabi niyan at that time, crypto is dead. Wala na mag invest yan ever. But, From the bottom here, titingnan natin. Dito pa nga lang eh. Diba? Dito pa lang. June, 9, uh, June 2019. 333% na. 338% na. Nandito bago mag-crash nung COVID. 250%. Nandito ano nag-top. <laughs> You're up to, to 2,880%. <laughs> That's crazy. Diba? And right now, kung titingnan natin sa sa presyo ngayon up ng 1300 that's why it's good to just DCA especially kapag ka bearish yung market di ba pag ka bearish yung market just DCA like imagine kung nag DCA ka dito di ba you're just DCAing from here up to here Diba? You're DCAing for around 133 days. And then, ride mo lang yun. Diba? Tapos nakita mo, ay, umakit na. Hindi ka nagtitake profit kasi nga, long term na may horizon mo eh. Pwede ka mag-take profit din dun eh. Pero syempre, mas okay kung yung time horizon mo is around 5 to 10 years. Diba? Because it will really pay you well. Kasi diba, imagine nagbenta ka na agad dito. Sayang na may, well, hindi naman sasayang, no? Kasi nagkaroon pa ulit ng drop dito. Kung nag-DCA ka ulit dyan, diba? DCA, DCA. Kasi maganda yung DCA na strategy kasi yung emotions mo is kumbaga nasusuppress, eh, diba? Wala kang pakailam kahit anong presyo niyan. Pero syempre, kailangan mo rin i-take advantage yung mga bearish trends. Kasi example, ito, diba? Paket ka lang nag nagano nagdi-DCA. Medyo mahirap 'yun. Kasi paano pag andito na sa taas, 'di ba? Or kunyari, 'yan, i-drain mo no, hindi ka nag-take profit dito sa taas. Bumagsak, wala ka nang pan-DCA, 'di ba? So ganun lang. You have to secure your capital lang din. Like, for example, na doble mo na yung capital mo, like sell half. <laughs> Then ride out yung kalhate, di ba? And then take profit ulit kapag alam mong, alam na natin na uh, overheated yung market. Kasi you can identify yung trends. Like for example, ito. Yan, di ba? Bull market support band. Pagka nasa taas tayo nyan, bullish yung market. So, and you can also incorporate yung RSI. Pagka sobrang taas din yung RSI. Yan, you can you can take profit sig. Like, 'Di ba dito? Yan. Kung kung nakabili ka dito and then you you sold here na so pinakamataas yung RSI. Yan, you're up for 70%. 
And yun nga, hindi mo naman ibebenta lahat eh. Like sabi mo, half lang, di ba? And then nag-continue ka pa rin mag-DCA at this price level. Kasi may, may ano ka na eh, may, may additional capital ka na eh. And some, for some people, that doesn't make any sense. But uh, like for example, ito. Di ba, nag-drop pa rin naman. Nag-drop pa rin dito eh. Di ba? Nag-drop ng konti. Paano mo nakita mo? Oy, nagka-opportunity. Di ba? Nag-drop siya ng around... 26%. Ay, nagka-opportunity yan. Nag-start ko ulit mag-DCA. Then, ni-ride mo yun. Ni-ride mo yun and nagbenta ka around dito. Diba? Actually, crypto total market cap to but uh, we can just <laughs> stick with Bitcoin if if that's the case. So, yun. Uh, main main lesson is just, you know, DCA. <laughs> Eliminate yung emotion sa market. And remember to take profits, especially sa crypto. Kasi, yes, pwede pa rin magbigay ng yield, no? Pagka, example, nagsistake ka ng ETH, ng Bitcoin, nagkakaroon ka ng konting yield. But hindi siya comparable sa binibigay na yield ng stocks. Like for example, GMA7, or yung ibang PLDT, Globe, di ba? Ganda-ganda yung binibigay nila per year na what call this na yield and additional capital yun pwede rin naman sa bitcoin I think merong like, sa Binance na cover ko yun sa previous video check out nyo na lang na around ano 5% pa o oh, yeah 5% yung binibigay ni yield ng bitcoin kapag ka nag-stake ka dun but yeah again speculative market kasi itong bitcoin yes nakakaroon na siyang ng institutional adoption but still you have to consider na <laughs> It's not really doing anything, di ba? Tama naman sila Warren Buffett, eh. Di ba? Wala siyang pinaproduce na kahit ano. But, yung technology kasi behind it, yung blockchain, and yung ginagawa nga, di ba, ng Ethereum, sobrang, sobrang daming dinedevelop na, na decentralized apps sa Ethereum. Yung Bitcoin, yung advantage lang niya talaga, is siya yung nauna. <laughs> and, with time talaga, umaakit yung presyo niya. <laughs> Imagine, magkano lang yung Bitcoin nung 10 years ago, ba? Bitcoin 10 years ago, around 7-ish dollars. <laughs> That's crazy. If you just bought one at that time, then you have around 28,000 dollars today. <laughs> That is a lot of money. And yun nga, ang gusto kasi ng tao is gan- ganito, no? exponential growth yung makuha nila. That's why they're speculating and gambling away their money sa mga low market cap na altcoins. Sasabihin nila, ito yung next Bitcoin, ito yung Bitcoin killer. But that's really hard to do. Kasi may proven, kumbaga parang track record na yung Bitcoin and it really trends up with time even though nag di ba nag down siya na 80% 89% it recovers and it will give you like an enor- enormous amount of returns talk about PSCI with time din naman no nag-increase din siya although we have a rocky decade i would say although no 2010 to like here to 2018 sobrang solid so yan 
But if you like invested right around here, neba <laughs> you're you're down twelve percent. Kundo ka lang invest. But if you're DCAing, then especially here, sa sharp drop na to, neba fifty percent sharp drop nung nag start yung pandemic, then ah uh, sobrang nag benefit ka dun. Right now, you're sitting at around 52% na gains. If sa, if sa index ka lang nag-invest. Nag Ako, yung karamihan sa capital ko, <laughs> isang galing sa crash na to. Diba? Kasi, nag-ipon lang talaga ako before and nag-invest ako siguro mga pa 10k, 10k, 20k, 30k. Depende kung magkano yung naipon ko per month. But, malaki talaga yung inipon ko before ako nag-invest. And then, ayun nga nag what call this dito ako nag-deploy ng capital nun nagkaroon ng sharp drop actually na-delay pa nga eh hindi talaga ako nakapag-invest sa mismong bottom dito sa area na to kasi medyo matagal mag <laughs> mag-fund yung BPI <laughs> and una parang yung isang deploy ko ng capital parang 100k ganun Tapos kasi sabi ko, sige, ito muna ilalagay ko para kahit pa paano may funds pa rin ako. Eh, nung time naman na yun, na, nakatira pa rin ako sa parents ko, sa condo sa Makati. So, wala ko masyadong ginagastos. Then, nung nakabili ako, parang nag-drop ulit. Nag-drop ulit yung mga, yung mga stocks na binibili ko. Mga DMCI, uh, mga GMA7. Actually, yung GMA7 hindi masyado nag-drop. So, ito. Ayan, dito, dito, dito. So, nakabili ako siguro dito. Around 3 pesos talaga yung, ano, yung average price ko nung sa DMC. Then, nagkaroon siya ng, syempre, nag-bound siya. Then, umabot almost 5. Yeah, I mean, for 77. And then, ito, nag-drop ulit dito nung July 2020. Jan, Dyan ako nag-all-in. <laughs> like, lahat nung inipon ko since 2017, binili ko bumili akong DMCI, bumili akong EEI. Basta lahat ng magaganda yung binibigay na dividends. Kasi yun, addict talaga ako sa, sa mga dividend-paying stocks. Although yung EEI is not doing good right now, I'm not sure why actually. Baya, siguro earnings and all that. Hindi na kasi ako talaga sobrang totok dito sa PSE. Kasi GME 7 na lang yung pinakamalay kong nasa portfolio. Baya, yan, di ba? Nagkaroon ng sharp drop. Bumibili ako dito, 4-ish. And, di DCA ako dyan. Actually, PCA kasi peso cost averaging. And then, eventually, nagbenta ako noong 2021. So, around then. Ganitong level. And kasi nga, yun, napunta na rin ako sa crypto. <laughs> and, inisip ko, 20 plus pa lang naman ako, uh, I can take on the risk, the high risk investments instead of like, ito, ganito. Buying stocks na it's relatively safe na nakapag you know blue chip yung binili mo but yeah diba kita nyo naman dito hindi rin siya masyado safe cause from the all time high down na siya ng around 57% <laughs> diba kahit na dividend paying stock yan but yeah may iba pa rin naman na stocks na you know ibang mas mas safe kasi, kasi dito sa EEI and you also have to consider kasi yung earn, earnings eh. katulad ito diba PLDT from the lows, grabe na. Yan, nagset pa rin siya ng all-time high. Then, globe. Yan, yung globe. Hindi, actually, hindi ako nakapag-invest masyado sa globe. Uh, globe Telecom. 
But grabe rin yung growth niya no? since uh, 2020. So here from 1.6, nag-grow siya around 3.6. Grabe, sobrang bearish na pala nung globe. God damn. Tuto na lang siya. Well, tuto pa rin, no? So, kung nakabili ka ng around 1.6, up ka pa rin ngayon. Diba? Ba yeah, pagka ganito talagang overheated yung market and ganyan yung RSI, you still, you still have to take profits talaga. Although, I'm not saying na hindi maganda i-hold yung globe long term, but you know, secure capital. Although, yes, you can, you can just hold it like forever <laughs> and you will get paid dividends. And yeah, kung nag-DCA ka lang naman, you don't really have to worry about timing the market. Again, time in the market is much, much better. Much, much better than, you know, timing the market. So, yun lang, guys. <laughs> Napahaba na itong episode na to. Medyo napasarap yung dal-dal natin. <laughs> so, give this video a thumbs up if natripan nyo itong video na to. And subscribe na rin kayo sa channel ko if you want more videos like this in the future. Ring the notification bell para wala kayo ma-miss out sa mga uploads ko. Almost everyday now nag-upload it sa YouTube. And you can follow me sa social media platforms ko. I'm on TikTok, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, at M1PSPH. And if you want to be a supporter of the channel, meron nga pala tayong uh, YouTube membership. Uh, hindi ko pa na-update masyado yung perks. But yeah, if you wanna support the channel in like another way and you can check that out para siyang subscription like every single month meron mga tiers and yeah meron makakasali din kayo sa discord channel if ever you want to um to subscribe dun sa sa youtube membership natin and then ayun uh thanks again for watching and listening everyone stay safe i'll see you all in the next episode always remember be smart